Hello, this is Rob Lott. And this is Jeff Byers. Welcome to another episode of Health Affairs This Week. Uh, It's a weekly podcast featuring a a rotating cast of characters from the Health Affairs editorial and digital team. Regular listeners know if if I'm on the podcast, that means we're, we're talking business. That's right. And so business is all about numbers. And I thought, Jeff, maybe we could start. I've got a quiz for you. What does the number 72 mean to you? I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure if I ever thought about that number before in my life. <laughs> this is how the quizzes work in business school, right? Um, yeah. Actually, so I've got a couple answers for you, and then I'll give you the correct answer. One, 72 is actually the number of languages that were created when the Tower of Babel was destructed, supposedly, according to legend. Also, you may know, 72 is the typical par score on an 18-hole golf course. Yeah, I, these, these are things definitely in my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. The real reason I wanted to uh, quiz you on that number is that 72 is actually the number of initiatives included in the recent executive order from President Biden focused on competition policy. So I thought maybe we'd spend today talking a little bit about that executive order. It's gotten a good amount of attention. But I think maybe before we do, uh, it's worth providing a little context. We have a relatively new chairman of the FTC. Is that right, Jeff? That's right. Lena Khan was appointed by President Biden uh, in March of this year. And since she has been serving in the role since June of uh, 2021, as the chairperson of the Federal Trade Commission. And people that follow antitrust law are very excited. She is a movement that has been called the hipster antitrust movement. <laughs> hipster, okay. Yeah, it's a, that word just means everything and nothing. Uh, so to me, like, I think it's really funny of like trying to think about policy while you're at, you know, doubles or compass coffee while like listening to Ratatat, but I think that's like probably a, a dated reference at this point. Skinny jeans involved, perhaps. That's right. That's right. Um, but hipster antitrust, to quote Wikipedia, is a movement that intends to shift the focus of the United States antitrust law from the maximization of consumer welfare to include other goals such as income inequality, unemployment, and wage growth. Ah, okay. That sounds right. I don't know what makes that hipster policy, but I'll take it. All to the tune of Ratatat. <laughs> yeah, so uh, essentially the hipster antitrust movement is kind of looking against the Chicago School of Economics, including the principles of Milton Friedman and George Stigler. And so a lot of people are, are excited that Lena Khan has stepped into the FTC because uh, generally a lot of People that follow antitrust have thought that both the Trump and Biden administrations have been historically lax in that area. And so here comes Lena Khan, who's very much against monopolies, very much of the mindset that big tech are monopolies like Amazon and Facebook. And so people are are looking to what she does in the office. So we have an exciting setup (laughs) for uh, Joe Biden's uh, recent executive order on competition and antitrust. That's right. So as we mentioned up top, 72 initiatives, so they say, really broad focus on increasing competition. The president in his remarks 
said something along the lines of capitalism without competition is not capitalism, it's exploitation. Putting it in the context of sort of protecting the vulnerable, protecting the consumer, protecting the little guy. No surprise there that that's the way they're coming at it. And uh, what we see in this executive order really is um, a broad swath of policies and initiatives focused on sweeping. Yes, <laughs> focused on um, all kinds of sectors, uh, the, the agriculture sector, energy, banking, uh, and of course, healthcare. That's right. And one uh, thing I thought was interesting before we dive into the healthcare sections, uh, one of the 72 provisions was um, to request FTC ban or limit non-compete clauses, which sweeps across all industries um, and I think could be fascinating, but it's something that I don't want to get lost in the discussion as we dive into healthcare. Yeah, that's a good point. I, my sense is that uh, often these clauses are used by employers to sort of limit the power or the leverage really of employees to pick up and go someplace else. And so quite a, quite a statement here from the administration. Jumping into the healthcare portions of it, I believe you had some, some you compiled some notes. Yeah, so the, the focus uh, on healthcare in this executive order is really broken down into sort of four key areas. Um, and I, d I don't think all of them will surprise you. So the first one is, uh, is drug prices. This has been a uh, focus for folks on both sides of the aisle for quite a while. And the executive order uh, does things like uh, directing the FDA to work with states and tribes to import uh, prescription drugs from Canada. It directs the uh, Department of Health and Human Services to increase support for generic and biosimilar drugs, which should, in theory, increase competition and bring down costs. And so these are things that have been in the works for a while. They're not sort of earth-shattering new policy uh, statements, but um, they're sort of gathering them all, kind of curating them in this list under the banner of competition policy. That's sort of section one, drug drug pricing. The fun one, I think, is section, section two, and that's a focus on hearing aids. Now, you'd think that'd be kind of, you know, relatively minor in the scheme of things. Um, but what happened was legislation passed a, a few years ago directing that hearing aids should be available over the counter, that you don't need to go to a doctor to get uh, basically a prescription or, or have the hearing aid provided through uh, a doctor. Rather, you can get them over the counter. So a law passed making this change, but it hasn't been implemented. Um, and so, again, nothing new here, but kind of a nudge from the administration to the department saying, get on this already, what's taking you so long? And what's more fun than listening to Steely Dan's Asia? <laughs> yeah, clearly you know. with the with the clear production value. Uh, our, yes, the 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 crystal clear tone on on classic vinyl. That's right. um, without a hearing aid, it, w it would just be lost to so many fans of, of Steely Dan. So 
Um, <laughs> moving on, um, obviously another big area under the healthcare banner is um, hospital and health system competition. And so again, the executive order encourages the Justice Department and the FTC to review and revise their merger guidelines. And so again, this is an example of kind of a, a little nudge around the edges. We're not gonna see anything change overnight, but the fact that the administration has elevated this and is sort of saying this out loud in a big statement is significant. Um, but I know, Jeff, you've been watching sort of the trends in terms of hospital mergers, and uh, it's maybe not as clear as one might think. I mean, this section is the one that jumped out to me just based on my old reporting in that space. But yeah, it is interesting. Uh, Kaufman Hall recently put out a report on hospital M&A saying that actually the deals among hospitals are down from pre-pandemic levels, but the, the size of the deals monetarily are large or just as larger. And so after the implementation of the Affordable Care Act is when you saw a lot of growth in mergers and acquisitions in the hospital space. And um, I feel like we're kind of over that hump. Uh, Kaufman Hall actually said that the strategy is shifting to regional partnerships. And for for-profit hospital change, they're focused on building strong regional markets and divesting hospitals outside their core scope. So what I thought was interesting about this is that there's still gonna be M&A deal in the healthcare space. You're seeing a lot of deals in the digital health space. A lot of digital health companies and other companies are going public via SPACs. Um, so I still think this is relevant, but at the same time, one has to kind of wonder, like, have they already missed the boat a little bit on the hospital M&A deals? Or is it mostly to focus on those smaller deals that might actually get lost in the shuffle um, as people try to try to do those smaller regional deals. Interesting. So if you're the kind of person who's really wary of hospital mergers, you might feel like the horse is out of the barn and, you know, they should have been worrying about this 12 years ago. Uh, on the other hand, things are kind of changing and maybe this is an opportunity to kind of shape that change. First off, we're just two guys talking on a podcast at this point. <laughs> but I think it is important that you said a lot of this is to hopefully trickle down to the consumer or to patients and having better prices. Healthcare prices have been going up increasingly for many years, and that's no secret to anyone that follows the space. So in M&A deals, with the literature being out there, evidence has shown that hospital prices do increase. So far, the evidence hasn't really shown that mergers and acquisitions in the hospital space has really negatively impacted uh, patient outcomes. So that's that's pretty good, but it has increased healthcare prices um, from what we've seen in the literature. All this is to say that this is, in generally, a good thing. <laughs> right. So with that in mind, um, I don't want us to forget sort of the last category under the healthcare banner in this executive order, which is um, insurers. And in particular, the order directs uh, HHS to standardize plan options in the national health insurance marketplace so people can compa comparison shop more easily. And it's worth noting CMS actually did this, I think in 2017 and 2018. And then the Trump administration did not, they basically chose not to offer these standardized plans after 2018. There was a lawsuit 
the lawsuit said basically that the administration, the previous administration, sort of didn't do their due diligence to explain why they were suddenly changing the policy. And now CMS has sort of already communicated its intentions to go back to offering these standardized plans. And basically, these plans are sort of uh, an apple to apple comparison opportunity. They kind of all have the same deductibles or the same co-pays for key standardized services and allow people when they're looking on the exchange to sort of compare them a, a little more accurately. And so again, an example of something that was kind of already happening and they've sort of roped it into this executive order, but it's significant, I think, that they're presenting that change in the context of competition, allowing consumers to increase their leverage and their ability to, to shop. And you see that also in things like uh, further implementing the surprise billing legislation or the hospital price transparency legislation as well. So it's all part of that big package. Yeah, and there's a lot to dive into into the executive order. So if you're interested in antitrust policy and competition, not just in the healthcare space, uh, check out the executive order. So when you put all this together, uh, I have to say, as a self-confessed policy wonk, this kind of executive order is my jam, uh, which probably reveals my uh, role as a hipster as well. But You'd think that with all of these moving pieces, the executive order would feel a little bit like they've just thrown in everything but the kitchen sink, and um, it's true, they have. But I, I think it also underscores that policy change is really, um, policy change is rarely something that happens with a bang. It's a lot more about gaining an inch territory here, a foot there, pushing, nudging, and it's just as important to finish what you start than it is to start something big. Um, and so I think that's really illustrated with um, this executive order and the wide array of policy and programs and simple statements too, and you know, slight encouragement to other agencies about the administration's priorities. So um, that's fun to think about and it'll be exciting to see where it goes from here. Yeah, definitely. And that about wraps it up for this episode of Health Affairs This Week. If you enjoyed it, please uh, sh share it with a friend. Tell, tell someone, sh shout it from the rooftops. Give us a rating. It helps other people find the show. Jeff, thanks a lot. Yeah, great chatting with you. Thanks. Thanks.